This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Well, hi. Happy Tuesday, BVB Brigade. It is the Bostonian versus the book. He's Dave Sherapan, the book. I'm Matt Peralt, the Bostonian. As we roll into a very interesting program today, you guys are on the live chat on YouTube, Twitter at Boston versus the book. We pin the live stream directly there. You can go back and watch it after the fact. YouTube, go subscribe so you never miss a single episode of BVB. Happy Tuesday, Dave. How are you? Hello, sir. Good to see you. As always, the brigade is in the house. Um, we got a lot going on. There's a lot happening prior to the weekend, prior to, you know, we got another day in between games of the basketball, which, by the way, apparently they're playing Wednesday and Friday. Have you heard this? There's no, there's no, there's no Saturday game. They moved I, it? I was, or was I wrong? Listen, we got to start fact checking you both on the chat and in the Twitter. Like, you told me Wednesday, Saturday, so I go on all these shows and say it's Wednesday, Saturday without checking. I was just told, uh, I was just on Wager talking. They said the games are Wednesday, Friday. There's no weekend game. Very strange scheduling quirk because of the travel. So that's because I mean, I, I literally read off the screen. So I, I, I read off ESPN. So that, that's interesting. I'm I mean, just that's, telling you, I, I, they, listen, they can wild. be wrong too. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I hope not. They've had the telecast, but so. Wednesday, Friday, what, Monday? Yeah, Wednesday, Friday, and then Monday or Tuesday, I think I said. I was like, what are you talking about? They even make sense. So wow, that's without crazy. looking right now, check it in the chat, people. So then Monday. Tell us when game three and four are. What, we know Monday? Game three is tomorrow. Monday, Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then the weekend so game. We play Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Thursday. Yeah, makes sense, right? Silly. Yikes. That's, oh boy. All right. Well, we'll be watching those games with you guys in our new Discord channel, betprep.com slash chat to get into it. The brigade's taking it over already. We have a special BVB brigade chat room for you guys to hop on in. We'll live bet games, including tonight with hockey, tomorrow with basketball, baseball games going on, picks, plays, information, live wagering opportunities. It's a lot of fun. So come on in. It's all free. Join it now. Join it today and be a part of the BVB brigade. All right. So there's a lot going on in the golf world. And today has been a really interesting day overseas because Dustin Johnson officially announced he has quit the PGA tour. Phil Mickelson has been paid a ton, a $200 million check to play in the LIV or live tour, whatever we're going to call this thing. I don't really know the official name of it, but LIV, PGA, Live Tour, whatever they want to call it. Dustin Johnson, 15th, top 15 player uh, in in the world, two-time major champion, Masters winner, has decided to give up the PGA Tour for now 
What's your reaction to any of this in terms of the impact on the upcoming golf tournaments, interest in the PGA tour? Does five or six golfers pulling out of the PGA tour affect the odds in any way going forward in your mind? No, I would agree. I I mean, it's, 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 uh, I don't want to say it's a who cares thing. Like the kids always like to go, who cares? You know, and they, they, they ask you a question and like, you know, nobody cares. And you know, they say these funny things, but like, this is another one of those, like, okay, they're gone. There's always guys coming up on the tour. Do we There's, even know if it's on TV? I don't have a clue. I don't I mean, somebody asked me that question. Are you going to watch it? No. The field sucks. It, it's not on TV. It's uh, they're streaming it on Facebook live and YouTube live. And that's it. Oh, that's embarrassing. Live. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's a lot way, of money. The chap I got freaked out that Ghost Farah just showed up <laughs> for the first time. I love it. That's how he's going to do it. Chat. Show. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to ask Sports Grid how they feel about, about Ghost Farah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they may think Ghost Farah is a little weird. I don't know. We, gotta ask, <laughs> we, we have to ask Sports Grid how they feel about Ghost Farah. Come up in the three box. You see this lid this guy's got on today? <laughs> He's got on one of the best BVB lids we may have ever created. Ghost Farah is now a thing. So I don't know. We'll have to ask our, our TV brethren how, how they feel about Ghost Farah. But I like that. I just had to point that out. YouTube doesn't care. What? I said, we ain't asking him nothing. If Farah wants to pop in there, like <laughs> little Ghost Farah, he'd pop in there. Like, yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, goodness gracious. Yes. Are you going to... um? As I mean, you know, we got Dubsy, Dubsy Wednesday, Dubsy right, yep. He's doing the props golf stuff. Yep. Like, if golf guys accept it, do you think the mainstream will accept it? All comes down to betting to me. Oh, the only the, no for the world. I mean, betting doesn't matter to the world. Get out of that vacuum. There's no but. Do you know cares. what? PG, do you know what PGA stands for? Professional Golfers Association. No, professional gamblers and alcoholics. Really? That to PG stands for. <laughs> okay. I, I must have missed that. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't see that on the these guys are good commercial. That's what PGA stands for. Okay. <laughs> professional gamblers and alcoholics. <laughs> this, this is <sighs> gambling in golf is synonymous. If there is a golf angle, if there's a betting golf angle, people will pay attention. If there's not, if the if it's crap golf mm. and people aren't interested and there's nothing really all that interesting or innovative, okay, it won't work. Because here's the thing. Has a rival league in any sport actually worked? Has the XFL ever worked? Did the AAF work? Did the USFL work? We haven't seen. Mm -mm. I mean, a rival league. Has there ever been a rival league? You can maybe make the case that USFL kind of worked a little bit for like, a little while back, a little in, the while, 80s. back in the eighties. And people yeah. say Donald Trump killed it, but that was the, you know, one league that kind of Jeff Perlman's book on it is pretty interesting about yeah. the, the USFL kind of had a shot to compete with the NFL. And then, you know, some poor bit, you know, some poor decisions and loans and stuff came into play. And then the NFL basically absorbed the USFL. Now the USFL, USFL is back again this year. And I think that their idea of playing every game in one market just for television has been a disaster and there's no real intrigue or interest in that. I've tried really hard. I know there's some gamblers who make a lot of money on the USFL every week because the handle's really low and there's not, the numbers are pretty soft, but 
I just don't know if there ever is a desire for an alternative from fans. Like fans tend to be cool with the PGA, MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, MMA, like Bellator probably has the most success of any of the rival leagues, Mm -hmm. but Bellator still doesn't do what the, what what the UFC does on handle on interest on TV ratings on ESPN on pay-per-view. It's all about being on TV, isn't it? Like the success of it is, is being on TV and then the product has to deliver. Yeah. But UFC is not on TV all the time though. That the ESPN plus streaming deal is what really is a big deal. Showtime's got Bellator. So there's, you know, this TV distribution, but it's still, pay for play in a way. And then they do do pay-per-views from time to time for Bellator, for Bellator. PFL is another rival league. The ESPN's got their, you know, professional fighters league. They play a schedule. They fight a schedule. So it's not like, you know, where the bracket is. You watch these fighters progress and the winner of the weight right. of the weight class, <coughs> excuse me, winner of the weight class wins a million dollars. That's been mildly successful. I just, there's just not really been a league that has gone up against one of the big boys and actually worked. Yeah. It's hard because I mean, there's stuff competing for our time every second of every day. Right. And it gets harder and harder. I think it had a shot of being successful back in the day. They just couldn't get on the TV. They needed to get on the TV back then to then have a shot at streaming and stuff. Now, I mean, you know, baseball's trying to stream. It's going to be, you know, Amazon's going to have a football game every week. Have you watched? I don't think, you know, it, I don't, have you watched an Apple telecast yet? A Friday night Apple game? No, it's okay. It's a little. I think baseball fans, in particular myself, we get sort of into this like routine of like who's calling the games and like the way the game is going to be called and how the production level is going to be and the presentation and the graphic package and everything else. So like you watch it on Apple TV, it takes you. Took me a, a good twenty minutes or so to kind of settle in and kind of go. This is really different, and then it kind of came around. But it's I mean, Friday night baseball. I mean, I, I think it's for people in the summertime. I think it. I think it has a chance if the games are good and you have kind of the the world to yourself in a way. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, I would argue that for a lot of people, it's not for them. Like it's not for the diehard. They're not that that's not who Apple TV Fair. and that broadcast is for. It's Fair. for everybody else. But baseball is, bring in. But, but who watches only diehards watch baseball? <laughs> that's the reality of the situation. That's, that's, Nobody, that's, that's no that's, casual fan is like, oh, you know what's on tonight? A baseball game. Yeah. I want to watch yeah. a baseball game tonight. Like that just doesn't really happen. Right. Whereas you got to be in. Like you're a baseball guy. I'm a baseball guy. Let's watch baseball. I'm excited to watch baseball. It's just they're trying to. You're right. They're trying to open up eyes and opportunities to new people who maybe are on Apple TV and they're flipping around and they're like watching the morning show and then oh, let's watch a baseball game. Like yeah. it's just kind yeah. of they're trying to get the same it's- crossover. Uh oh. Dave froze. We haven't had a Dave freeze. We haven't had a freeze in a while. That's our first frozen Dave Sharepan in a while. Let's see if we can get Dave back on here. But I, I just think in terms of the rival leagues and where this LIV live tour is going to go, look, the political angle doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I think there's definitely a time and a place to have that, have that argument and have that conversation about whether or not there is, you know, should these golfers be held responsible? But the USGA, everyone's been wondering about the USGA and the US Open. The USGA just issued this statement about the live golf tour and what's going on for the U S open. And they stated quote, 
We pride ourselves in being the most open championship in the world and the players who have earned the right to compete in this year's championship, both by exemption and qualification will have that opportunity to do, to do so. Our field criteria were set prior to entries opening earlier this year, and it's not appropriate nor fair to, to competitors to change criteria once established regarding players who may choose to play in London this week. That's where the live event is. We simply asked ourselves this question. Should a player who has earned his way onto the U S open into the U S open via our published field criteria be pulled out of the field as a result of his decision to play in another event. And we ultimately decided that they should not. So you're going to see the full, if you qualify for the U S open, if you have an exempt to the U S open, you'll be able, you know, Dustin Johnson will be able to play for the U S open. If he wants, I am assuming that's going to be the same situation for the British. The Masters is an invite-only event. It's hard to think that the Masters won't invite Dustin Johnson, former champion. That would be rather surprising. Phil Mickelson, three-time champion, right, of the Masters. It would be surprising if he wasn't going to be invited. So that, I think, is going to happen. But I think for other players, the Kevin Nas of the world, the people who are, you know, the Louis Oosthuizen of the world, these are players that I don't know how the majors are going to deal with them going forward or how the PGA tour is going to go forward. There is a thought that the PGA tour pulling themselves off the PGA tour gives them a, a, a legal standing to say, you cannot suspend me from the PGA tour if I'm not actually on the PGA tour. So that's possible. So, okay, you're back. Hi. Yes, sir. So oh, I was just reading, I was reading the USGA statement that just came out that basically Phil and DJ and all these players, if they qualify for the U S open to play in Brookline, they will play in Brookline. They're allowed. They'll be allowed in for the U S open. Oh, so. Well, DJ won the U S open. He's in. Yeah. Right. But if you're suspended from the PGA tour, or if the USGA suspends you for playing on the live tour, you are not eligible. You won't be able to play in the U S open. Okay, so is he playing or not? It's He's allowed to. He can, if he wants to, he can play for the U.S. Open, which is ultimately what these guys. It's next really week, want. is it not? The U.S. Open, yeah, but the U.S. The, the USGA could pull whoever they want. It's their field. It's their event, so they can put the criteria however the way they want. They just had the statement that stated, "Us, we published how to get in. We've got the field." It's not fair for us to change now that the live event is here. It's not fair to change the criteria. So, oh. Phil, you want to play? You can play. Dustin, you want to play? You can play. That's the big question. Because for a lot of these guys, and I think the best interpretation of this new league that I've heard this morning is that this is a four-month tour with yeah. eight months off. Phil got $200 million. Dustin 200 Johnson... $200 million? Yes. F Dustin Johnson got anywhere from $125 to $175 million. So before they even play in the event, by the way, now there's team competitions that are going to happen this coming weekend. There's no cut. It's guaranteed pay. So you're getting a check regardless of where you finish. So play in the event will give you 200 million on top of the fact you can earn and win because there's no cut. So everyone's getting a paycheck. That's the enticement. It's strictly about money. It's not about competition because the competitive guys, the guys, the Justin Thomases of the world, 
they're all in on winning majors and winning golf tournaments and winning FedEx cups and being on the PGA tour. But these guys who are going over there, these are on the back end of their careers. Dustin Johnson just got married. I mean, it's, it makes sense. I mean, he's going into his forties. I mean, they're not going to be like tiger or Jack or these guys don't really want to grind on the PGA tour into their forties. They want to play. It's a lot of money. It's a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, it's, you know, like, I mean, this is why leagues, you know, we talked about earlier, the rival leagues ever survive. I mean, you know, guys can go play basketball in Europe for money. Like they're not, I mean, everybody's trying to win. You're playing a sport to win, but as you get closer towards the end, you know, you grab the money and they go over there and play. That's what these guys are doing. They're going to grab the money. That's a lot of money. Absolutely. And your life change, I mean, your life changes, your situation changes. I mean, Dustin Johnson was given $4 million by the PGA tour to be a part of this advisory committee, trying to help them with social media. 4 million versus 175. I mean, like <laughs> that's not really a, an argument to get into. Like you don't need, even need to be a numbers guy to right. figure that out. Everybody's going to look at that and go, um, <laughs> yeah, look, you and I have talked about this off air a little bit, but it really is true. Everyone has a price. Everyone has a price. And look, you can talk about how righteous you are and how, you know, you're going to stand up for what's right in the world. Okay. And and I'm not here to pass judgment as to what's going on with Saudi Arabia and whatever. Okay. That's a different show for a different topic, but I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, rip on somebody because they got given $200 million, $175 million to play the sport that they already play. I mean, there are definite, in, you know, impactful things athletes can do. And athletes, if they want to use their platform, should absolutely use their platform for whatever way they want to use it to help society advance. But if you don't want to do that, and you don't need to push a topic, an issue, a cause, and someone's giving you a ton of money, I think you know, what's your number would be the question I would have for you because everyone has a number. Yep. Sometimes that's, that's the quiet part out loud. Nobody wants to admit that I'm righteous. I have integrity. I'm a sinner for what's right. Okay. Until someone offers you like, listen, that's, 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 that's fine. You can do it. I just don't believe you. Like if somebody offers you a Scrooge McDuck style bank account, and you can go and swim in your money for generations to come. I don't even know how you would spend $200 million. Like, it's $200 million. We could think of a couple of things. <laughs> I mean, it's, saying. it's an insane amount of money. And you don't have to pick up a club to do it. You don't have to do well. You don't, you just, just, all you do is you, say, you have to pick a club. You just tee off. Just play the event. Go in there, play the event. That's it. It's funny because on the same day that Phil makes this announcement, Tiger makes the announcement that he's not going to play the U.S. Open, which is a little bit disappointing. But I like these focusing on winning the British because he feels like he's got a chance to win at St. Andrews versus winning in Brookline, which is going to be a really tough golf course coming up next week. And a hell of a walk. That too. Long, <laughs> a long I walk. Mean, yeah. That's, a, that's old that's school the- golf. That's a reality situation for Tiger facing these decisions, whether you play like my knee's going to kill me if I got to walk this course for ankle, knee, back, everything, everything, everything. So, um, 
Boy, it's interesting. What if what if Tiger would go play in this thing? He was offered nine figures. Yeah. High nine figures. He said no. He said no. He didn't need the money. He didn't, they didn't reach his number. No. <laughs> and I don't think Tiger from a public relations standpoint, correct. He, don't, he he can't go. He doesn't I mean, need he doesn't need he doesn't this. Need. The PGA. But I mean, tour, do you think people care? That, like, I don't think people like it, it it has how long a life? Like, what's the shelf life of of being a news story now, 24 hours, 48 hours. No, it'll tee when it tees off, it'll be in the news until Monday, and then that's it. And uh, yeah, it's like, and then, yeah. I mean, again, if they don't have major television distribution in America, nobody cares. Like, it feels like a toy for the Saudi government. Like, it feels like the royals over there, this is just what they have more money than anybody else in the world. <sighs> They just want to watch guys play golf. Like they just want people to come over and play golf in their events. And they want them to be, you know, interesting for the golf fans that they're going to, they don't care about America. That's the difference. Is it like, cause you can't play. If you're off the PGA tour, you can't play in the Ryder cup. That's the one hook. So Phil wasn't really going to play in the Ryder cup. Anyway, Dustin Johnson most likely wasn't going to play in the Ryder cup. Anyway, Louis Usazen, Kevin Na, these guys probably weren't going to be on the Ryder Cup anyway, but right. you can't play on the, you cannot be part of the Ryder Cup team. So people are basically saying like, you're turning your back in your country. And I mean, they're saying rules can change. You can change whatever rule you want. If you, if you want to let, let me play, I'll play. They're not going to change the Ryder Cup rules. But I, I don't, again, that's, I don't think people are going to watch the Ryder Cup and be like, where's Dustin Johnson? I mean, Dustin Johnson has not been that competitive over the last couple of years because he's got other things going on. He's got a child. He just got married. He's going around with the Gretzky's all over the world. Like he's good. <laughs> he's got a good life. So I think without TV, it's a, it's a flash in the pan. And I'm not sure any TV network in America really feels comfortable right now doing a deal with the Saudi government for this tour. Can't. Well, they can, but yeah, I mean, they can, the, but they the, can't. The, blow, the like blowback just, might be bad. Right. So they can't, like yeah. it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's really interesting. I mean, it's, it's perfect for golf channel. It's perfect. If I, I mean, right. if it wasn't this for the, I mean, for golf channel folks, this is, I mean, they put the, the corn fairy tour tour on <laughs> like, Hey, you got Phil and Dustin Johnson. Yup. Primary group, watch them play golf, you know, every weekend. Simple. Yeah. Just Very simple. follow them around the, the entire it. time. It, it, but by the way, just real quick, if you had to come up with a team name, would you call it fireballs? Like for what sport? Golf. Sergio Garcia. His team name is Fireballs GC. That's his team name. I don't like it. He could have picked whatever he wanted. He chose Fireballs. <laughs> Must be a marketing deal. <laughs> okay. Right. H H Y. Phil's is H Y something. Phil's is hold on. What is Phil's? It's name? all sponsor related. Um, yes. H Y right? Flyers is Phil. H-Y, high flyers. High flyers. H-Y. H-Y, yeah. high flyers. Dustin Johnson is four aces. Oh, that's a good one. Sergio Garcia is fireballs. <laughs> Kevin Nas, iron heads. Oh, nice. There Some dude named Wade Orbsby is punch. <laughs> Team punch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like what? Uh, a lot of punch shots in golf. Okay. Smash. Saywon Kim is smash. Smash. Louis Uthazen is stinger. Oh, it is stinger <laughs> shots. A lot of stinger. Ian Poulter is majestics. They should ask Alvarez. 
They I mean, reached out to Alvar as a golf pro and say, come up with a couple words and names you can use. What else? Stingers? Yeah. What's after that? They're just so bad. They're just, you know, um, Majestics for, for Ian Poulter. I got Majestics gear. That's what we call the Majestic field. We yep. called the all-star teams the Majestics. <laughs> I got all the gear. Already, that's yeah. one less thing I got to worry about getting. I'm rooting for the Majestics. There, there we go. go. So you're the you're on the Majestics <laughs> angle. So go, you know, go ahead on that. It's it's bizarre. Uh, one more thing on golf. Uh, Phil Mickelson has given an interview with Sports Illustrated. Oh, now boy. this is in the wake. Did of you the finish book. that book? By the no, way, no, I'm on chapter here? seven, so okay. I'm still I'm still through. But I am through the gambling part with uh-huh. Phil Mickelson as to where he was gambling and how he was gambling and the way he. I mean, they have it in the book where Phil consistently would have an earpiece tucked into his lapel where somebody was radioing him updates on the games he was betting on. Football games he was betting on during the round (laughs) that he's playing, which is not good. The book is reporting he's losing $400 million plus betting on football, betting consistently, according to Phil. He's asked, given the amount of money, being offered by the live and certainly what we know the purses are going to be biggest in golf history. There's a suggestion that you were doing this due to financial difficulties. Can you address that? Mickelson, my gambling got to the point of being reckless and embarrassing. I had to address it and I have been addressing it for a number of years and my, uh, and for hundreds of hours of therapy, I feel good about where I'm at there. My family and I, uh, and have my family are and have been financially secure for some time. Were you ever not? Gambling has been a part of my life ever since I can remember. But at about a decade ago is when I would say it became reckless. It's embarrassing. I don't like that people know. The fact is I've been dealing with it for some time. Amy, his wife, has been very supportive of it with me and the process. We're at a place after many years where I feel comfortable for where that is. It isn't a threat to me or my financial security. It was just a number of poor decisions. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> That's uh, very interesting. Do you believe That's, him? I mean, I know he was doing stuff. Like, there's, there's a lot of people in the know that know. Um, you know, I seen him in Vegas. Um, Leave it at that. When I, write I mean, the, the book, book has got can... it. The, the 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 book has got multiple reporters uncovering a multitude of trips to Vegas, people placing bets on 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 his behalf, mm-hmm. and the thing they kept on running into with the book is that the book will report losses, the book won't report wins. Mm-hmm. So they're able to uncover the money Phil lost. They mm-hmm. were not able to un- uncover the money Phil won. So they don't know that number. Like he, he lost 400 million, but did he win a hundred million? Like what, what's the actual bottom number that he lost? Is it more than that? Is it, do you, you know, do you lose well, more than been, that? No, it was probably the net was 400. Okay. You know, somewhere. I mean, because it's, you, you just keep track of that stuff in, in, as a net, you know, if you win, uh, a hundred and lose five. Your net is you lost four hundred million. 
Yeah. So that's that's what that figure probably is closer to. Gambling. Uh, Four hundred million dollars in gambling. Your unit size. If your unit size is, you know, a hundred k a game. Yeah, it's just you could you could have a bad weekend. You could lose, you know, one one million on a weekend. Just betting in ten games. Mm-hmm. You know, you go two and eight. Not too good. Not the best. Some are speculating that that Phil has come out with this type of statement or interview ahead of the Billy Walters book that he's getting it out there that he was addicted, that he had yeah. a gambling problem. Yeah. And that when Billy comes in, when his book hits, he can turn to this interview and say, I already told you I had a gambling problem. Makes sense. Get out ahead of it. Makes sense. Listen, there's going to be a lot of mud slinging going on with a lot of this stuff. And that's weird because, like, in the book, you don't have to say names. You can just tell the stories. I mean, that's true. You know, I've always tried to tiptoe around that all the time. And, I mean, I waited to write the story time from the book about Larry King after he died because I didn't want to get any shit from Larry King or his people. But, you know, there was a guy that was in the book frequently. And it was fun. I mean, like, you know, it was like. And I don't think he would have cared at that point where he was in his life. He didn't, he would like, I could have said, Larry, I'm going to write a story about you being in a book. And he'd probably been like, you know, Dave from Dave from Pittsburgh, go ahead. You know, <laughs> and he would, he would just make sure you tell me when it's done. I mean, that's how he used to come up and put his bets in. I mean, he used to literally sound like he was doing a show. Um, well, because so yeah, his, his voice was his voice. He, it wasn't manufactured. Exactly. That's what it was. He, he, he didn't talk like a, broadcaster he had a broadcaster's voice that's exactly and he used to you know he used to order his pick three at aqueduct the same way that he wow do do stuff it was tremendous i mean and (laughs) and i would go back at him and just have fun with it and it was it was it was great and got a zillion stories like that you know um he's got 200 million dollars what what does your gut as being a longtime bookmaker do we hear any rumblings, say in 10 years, does Phil stop cold turkey gambling or does the $200 million he, he have? Okay, the laugh, the laugh's all I needed. <laughs> okay, the, 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 200 all, million gets him even. That, that, that's all I needed. He's to know. going to play to get to 200 million to get him even. I, I made the joke stuck. on Twitter today. I was like, which book gets the action now? Because huh. here, here's huh. the thing. Huh. Here, here's the thing. The PGA Tour has got very, and he isn't technically off the PGA tour. He made an announcement on this same interview. He has not taken himself off the PGA tour. So he's still technically a tour player, but if he ever becomes suspended or off the tour and leaves the tour, like Dustin Johnson just did, there's no rules as far as I know, in terms of what you can bet on as you're a live tour member versus the PGA tour member, very specific rules as to what you can and cannot wager on. Phil got in trouble because um, there was a broadcaster, Gary McCourt and Bones used to bet live during Phil's round where Gary would say, give odds on Phil making a birdie putt. Right. And he would, he would put a finger up one, two, three, four, five to one as yeah. to what the bet was going to be. He would signal it to Bones. Bones would say to Phil, do you want it? It was 20 bucks, five to one on every putt. And Phil would go, right. yes, no, yes, no, whether they want to bet on it. And then the tour right. found out. Like he was betting with a broadcaster during a round on the PGA tour. Yeah. 
<laughs> so what is he going to bet on himself at the live tour? I think he just, I mean, he, you're not supposed to bet on, on PGA tour golfers. The, the, the rule is on the PGA tour, you cannot have a financial stake in the outcome of another player on tour, but you can bet on the PGA tour. If you're part of the live tour, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I don't think you'll bet on golf. Okay. I mean, uh, maybe you will, I'm but the rules guys. are off. I mean, the gloves are off. You can bet on whatever he wants. I mean, you can yeah. do whatever he wants. <laughs> so which book is like, <laughs> come on, Bill, let's go. <laughs> I I would, I would highly recommend to be one of the books that, that does. <laughs> if he's going to bet, I would, yeah. I, I would take his action tomorrow. Just, just, you should do, you do think it. he's addicted. addicted to that? Is he an addict or is he just using that? It's going to explain. I don't know. I, I hate to even do it injustice to say what an addict is and not without like there's Fair. professionals and there's great organizations that can help people with it if they're actually or not. I think we use the term degen very loosely in the business and well, we've um, turned it into a into a compliment in some ways. Yeah, I I never did. I'm I mean, you know, and I love our SoCal degen, um, mm-hmm. you know, as as a member of the brigade and you know, it's always been one of those things, but now I'm very sensitive to the fact that there are a lot of people with a problem. Of course. And I mean, that was one of the big things in the book. I used to say this all the time, dating back to my time in Curacao. I used to talk to guys on the phone and say, stop sending me money. You can't win. You drive a truck three days a week for your job. You're blowing your whole paycheck every week with me. You're betting 16 parlors. You can't win. <laughs> You can't. I used to, this guy in Washington, D.C., his name was Mikey. And I would just say, Mikey, stop. I, I don't want it to, you know. And then when he won, he couldn't wait to get me on the phone. Say, right. you know, talk to the operator. Get Dave on the phone. I want to talk to him. You know, did you see my day yesterday? I'd pull up his account. Like, oh, yeah. Take some money. And he run. would take it all. And he would run. take it all. Yeah. And I'd be like, great. He would call that afternoon resending money. Of course. I said, I said Mike. First of all, why are you sending money? You took it out. It costs you the fees to send it back. What oh, are funny. you doing? You should have left some in there if you knew you were going to bet. And he'd be like, oh, I'm just taking care of you know this guy, and I'm paying this guy. And I'm like, oh, God, he's moving money around. Yep. He's making 300 a week at the time, probably, or 500 a week, and he's betting every day, parlays. So that's a DJ. That's yeah. a, that's 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 a guy that's got a problem. Whether Phil is a problem or not, I don't know. It's but. just weird the, the the words he used. My family and I are and have been financially secure for some time. Oh, was there ever, was there ever a time that you weren't financially secure? When you came onto the tour in your first year, I believe that the book, if my memory serves me correctly. Phil made $20 million in endorsements the first year he was on P- on the PGA Tour. Is that a real number? Yeah. Phil made... Who did he get $20 million from his first year? Yonix. And, um, and then he went to Callaway. The wow. next, and then two years later, it, it, either two years or three years in, he went to Callaway. And that's where the big controversy oh, came. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it was a couple years in. I can't believe he got $20 million his first year, but... That, Either way, uh, he, I mean, had he made money. he made a ton of money very quickly to the point where I think right. in, in like the year he won his first Masters, I think the book said he made a hundred million dollars in endorsements. 
that year that he won the Masters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, I mean, million. those guys aren't playing like he's not playing. The winning didn't mean he was getting paid. He was getting paid regardless. So now what is he doing with the money? Like he's got extra, all this extra money and he's gambling. I've seen guys like this. I mean, I live this life, right? You know, I, I, I mean, they don't want to hear that you lost. You're blowing money. Even when you win, you're not, you're not doing the right thing. Like there's a lot of, sometimes you just got to listen and go, <laughs> okay, we're good. Excuse like, me. sorry. God bless you. Thank you. Sir. Um, it's hard, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, even a reporter asking a question, was there ever a time? It's none of your damn business. Well, it, it, <clears throat> I don't know if I agree with that. It's nobody's business. Well, Were you gambling? Yes. Were you stuck? Yes. How much? Did you put your family in jeopardy? He sold his plane. Well, I mean, he needed it, the money. Okay. So that would be scary. The PGA Tour, if you know this, we all know this. If you are a gambler in the hole, you are and you are playing a sport, you are a mark. You are ripe to be approached about something illegal. Hey, I'll get you out if you do this. That's significant. That's a major story. That's a big worry for everyone. Eh. I mean. That's the Black Sox. The Black Sox. That's Joe Jackson. That's everything. That's doomsday. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just it's uh, how much. I mean, if if Phil Mickelson can be down that much, how much can the kid at uh, you know middle directional state be down? Hundred percent. It's a fair point. To, that's why you got to be worried, to, right? Like that's. Be- that's the one I'm worried about. And that's worried the about question. Somebody going to Phil, being he's Phil stuck four hundred million dollars. The Saudis create a, a, a invent a tour and say we'll pay you three hundred million, two hundred million. Just go play, and you can still compete and win five million if you win the event. Yeah, <laughs> great. I'm out. Oh yeah. I'm again. We all have a number. I mean, I'm, I, I I don't have. I'm not knocking these dudes. I regardless of the impact, regardless of the message or the platform or the supporting of a certain type of governmental thought or, or the way they, they operate their country. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, these are entertainers and I, I think everybody has a price. And if somebody walks in and says, you made 4 million last year, I'll pay you 200, 100, 50, 10, whatever, four, five, 10 times what you're making now. And you can compete on the richest tour ever. And the competition's not that steep. You're playing four months out of the year. I don't know. I think the vast majority of people would say yes. Without the repercussions of the other stuff. Even with the repercussions. Like judge well, me. Well, the repercussions is what slows it down, right? It gives you pause. It's like a number in a book, right? It gives you the, the, the repercussions is what gives you the pause. But ultimately, you make the business decision of saying, yeah, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> like it pissed off. I mean, the PGA Tour guys, like if you're on the live tour, there's a lot of PGA Tour guys who basically are saying that you are a pariah and we want nothing to do with you. And Kevin Na, I mean, people, all sorts of really funny tweets have come out from the tour guys on Kevin Na, who is right. very unpopular on the PGA Tour. They do right. not like him at all. Ricky Fowler has had a really rough, rough couple of years. Ricky's game is a mess. And so people are like, it's a soft landing. It's a retirement tour. 
Right. It's just a money grab. It's not playing competitive golf. You know, it's a pageantry type of situation. And for these guys who are grinders who want to go and win and win majors and win tournaments and be on the PGA tour and win the FedEx cup and everything else, you know, they feel like these guys are basically, you know, they're, they're Benedict Arnold. You know, these are, these are traders. You're turning your back on what they all together built. And that's why Phil hasn't given up the PGA tour because I think down deep Phil knows like tiger would never do this. And so it's like tiger don't need the money. True. If Phil didn't need the money, he wouldn't do it either. So then Phil needs to, why does Phil need the money then? That's my oh, question. A lot of reasons. I mean, okay. You know, he so had a that's plane. the worry. That's the worry. Why does, why does he, <laughs> he need the plane. money? And he had to sell it. He sold it. Right. So that's the, that's the concern. That's the rumor. That's the issue as to like, why did you need the money? You shouldn't have needed the money. And now you need the money. Uh Oh, you see the stories of all these people, professional athletes. They always need the money. Mm. Most of the time after they're done playing, especially, but a lot of times during the time they're playing. True. The exception is the, is, is the ones that don't. Who are smart. I mean, supposedly, I don't know. I mean, we'll only, like you mentioned, only Phil really knows where he's at, but it's a lot of money. It's 200 million is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Plus playing in the, on, on all the events. And the, again, the field is not steep. This is not, it's a bunch of amateurs and journeyman players and guys on the back nine of their careers. So you get a Will Zilla Torres, you get, you know, a Tommy Fleetwood, you get some, you know, some players that are on the way on the rise. Okay. But all it does right now is open up more spots on the PGA tour for corn Ferry guys to come up and make a name for themselves and grind and grind, which I like. So on that level, I I like, all right, let's talk some hockey Colorado, baby. I thought I was dead. Three ones. It was 10 to one at one point last night. Damn it. Avalanche rally avalanche win in overtime. Was it a high stick in OT in your opinion? So hard to say at regular speed. I thought it was. Then I watched the replay and I was like, they're going to let this go. Did you hear your boy drop the holy shit on TNT last night? Jonesy did. No, the rules official. Oh, Kaharski. No, I didn't see it. No. (laughs) Oh, you didn't see. I thought you'd be all over that. No, it was hysterical. He's talking, (laughs) he's breaking the play down Uh and he's like, well, you look at the, you look at the stick. It's about shoulder height. Holy shit. That's close. Like it was <laughs> awesome. Like it was, <laughs> it was as natural of a moment and no filter, no beep. Everybody was like, what did he just say? Madeline right. was like, what did he just say? Like everybody turned yeah. and realized the dude just dropped the S bomb on right. TNT. That's fantastic. Great. That's a great I moment. Mean, but that's, that's authentic. That's real. <laughs> that's, I mean, people want that. And I guess that's, I didn't see that at the time last night. Oh, it was so great. He was, he was going through the stuff. review. He was just yeah. like, holy shit, that's close. It was yeah. just like, wait, yeah. what? What did yeah. he just say? Biz oh, did that. The guy that shaved his head. Yep. Biz yep. did that on an earlier broadcast. And he I was did that watching on, it. Yeah. He, he did that. And he, he like in fell the, down laughing. Like he just realized studio. what he did yeah, yeah, in the studio. And everybody was like, did you really just do that? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they went to commercial and they came back and he was in a penalty box. Penalty box. Right. Yeah. yeah they yeah. put the glass up around. Look, TNT has done a phenomenal job, both of oh. basketball and hockey and ESPN's pregame hockey is awful. 
It's awful. Yeah. They got to fix it. They got to get, they got to do something with it because it's too stiff. It's, and sometimes they don't even have a pregame show. Sometimes they just do like a little five minute, like high and then right to the game. It's bizarre. I, I, I don't know, but I, I know I'm glad that it's on mainstream stuff. I'm glad that it's all over. These, this, this is the stuff that I've enjoyed for my whole life. Like being in the book, I was able to watch pregame shows from different teams and different things. And hockey's such a great sport when they don't take it as diehard serious as like, that's what the TNT broadcast brings. I absolutely love it. I mean, I, did you see biz introduce the Edmonton oil Kings yesterday before the, so they get video of him in Edmonton, the Edmonton oil Kings is the junior team there. Oh, nice. 15,000 people. They're playing for the Western hockey league title. Gretzky goes and gives him a pep talk before. Oh. And then he says, and by the way, I got a friend here who's going to introduce your guys' starting lineup. This thing's been going on for years where in the in the room, you do a hype yeah. starting lineup. Right. Like I do it now for the kids. They don't get it. They're like Coach Davis being an idiot. <laughs> but it's fun for me, and it's trying to get them excited about the game. So Gretzky says it. Biz walks in, and they're like, Oh, I mean, Biz has thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah. of followers. He's on TNT and he's funny. He's actually, you know, wasn't that great of a player, but he played and now he's tremendous on the air. He comes say. in and the guys start doing this beat and nice. they start banging their pads. If you get a chance, go back and Google it. Uh, Biz bringing in the Edmonton Oil Kings. It's 30 seconds of, to a minute that you will not be regretful that you watched. It's good stuff, man. Very cool. Yeah. Any concern, Avalanche? 4-0 sweep the last round. Yeah. 4-0 sweep this round. Yeah. And they're going to be waiting for the Eastern Conference team for a bit. 12 days. 11 from today. June. 18th. Any concern about the about the Avalanche cooling off? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's a long um, time to go between playoff series. Saw what happened to the Lightning when they had a little bit of rest, right? Against the Rangers. First game. Just played like shit for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. Um, yes. Have concern. I don't know. I'm watching the games and I swear, like I just got off with JD and did his show breakfast man. And he says, you know, it's the avalanches to lose. Like it's, 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 it's a no brainer. I was trading text last night with one of the odds makers that I know. His stuff has worked out the prices. It's minus 140 avalanche over the um, lightning, mm-hmm. if that's the matchup. Minus 270 over the Rangers. That easy? I'm, I don't know. I'm watching it going. I still think, depending on the way this thing comes out, I still think the Eastern Conference is going to beat the avalanche. Although if it's the Rangers, I don't know. I keep on I just Jeff Davis's comment on this show that the Rangers are the worst five and five team in recent memory in the playoffs still keeps on coming back in my brain. I mean, Jeff was using hyperbole there. I don't know if he meant exactly that, like the worst team ever. I don't think the worst kidding. He didn't say ever. He said in recent memory. Yeah. Well, um, again, it was hyperbole. It was a show, but. I don't know. I think I, I I tend to agree with it. Look at the numbers. Look, look. I mean, they're, they're playing pretty good. <clears throat> they're up two. Yes, yeah, they're hot. The series. They're hot. There's no debate in that. They're playing great. Yeah, they're playing. They're hot. Good. But their offense comes off their power play more often than not. 
It's been pretty good, even mm-hmm. without the power play. They're playing pretty good. Those things, the teams become different teams in the playoffs in the mm-hmm. NHL. That's mm-hmm. the other thing, too. Like we take as far as like handicapping and stuff, we're looking at all the regular season. They're playing a different game in a regular season. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a different game in the playoffs. This series against Tampa is incredible. There's well, no space. It's tight, all unders, except, you know, not game one, but it's a different game. How do you feel about Tampa tonight? Big favorites in game four. Yeah. Um, you know, Rangers are two and six on the road in the postseason. Um, the number is, it's making you pay a little bit for Tampa. Hold on one second. Stay right there. Hold on one second. My daughter's leaving for vacation. Oh, go I ahead. Yeah. Give her a quick yeah, yeah. Stay right there. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Take here, care. Come here. You come here and get on the show. Actually, we'll do that. We'll do that. Here. Put your thing in there. Come Say on hi in. To Matt. What's hi. up? How are you? Right. Good. How are you? What's going on? Where are you That's- headed off to? Newport. Newport Beach. Oh, look at Newport you. Newport Beach. Hanging oh. out for the week. Little, 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 little trip to little, Disney. Look, she's got this thing on. Yeah, very little good. California All right. Trip, so. Do it up. She's going to go hang out and probably catch maybe the Red Sox are playing the Angels today, by the way, <laughs> for the next couple of days. She, <laughs> she's like, yeah, they want to go to see the Red Sox play oh. the Angels. So, which Disney is when tomorrow? Uh, what, Thursday? Uh, the 12th, whenever the that 12th. is. 12th. So it was all sold out until then. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Summertime break in Disney. Yep. Wear that sunscreen. It's going to be hot as heck. I know. It's going to be hot, 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 but fun though. Space Mountain, little Splash Mountain. Do it up. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Bye. Thank you. Right. Oh, Hold on. I'll give you a quick hug. Stay yeah, right yeah. there. I'll be right yeah, there. Yeah. Do, 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 do your Thank thing. You. You're very cool. That's great. Yeah. Anaheim heat. I think it's going to be 110 in Vegas tomorrow. I think Southern Cal is going to be 98. This is what happens when they get older, man. Just uh, going on vacation with my friends, family and stuff. Uh, We'll see you in a week. Oh, a week. Wow. Yeah. Tuesday to Tuesday. Yeah. It's a fun trip though. Newport beach is a fun trip. It's the best. It's a fun trip. Trying to figure out a way to get down on a Friday just to go say hello. Oh. There you go. Take go a ride. Ahead. Go see, maybe catch a game or something. I don't know. Go to the beach. Newport Beach is gorgeous. It's the best. We used to, had, we, we went there every summer. I had dinner on the water at a restaurant that I'm forgetting the name of about two years ago, right after COVID broke in Newport Beach. It was oh. freaking believable. Right, like literally on the water. It was so nice. You want to talk about life going full circle. I'm at Penn State, and I'm dating a girl who lives in Tustin, California, which is right in Orange County, next to Newport Beach. Right. Her family goes on vacation to Newport Beach. Every summer, they rent a beach house right on the beach, on the path and stuff. So I go out to her summer vacation with her family and spend a week at the beach in Newport Beach. Now, I'm a kid from Pittsburgh who loves the beach and loves the ocean. I'm done. I'm like, I'm, I'm ending up out there somehow, some way I'm going to end up in California. I end up going to Curacao instead and living by the beach and doing all that. And then coming back to Pittsburgh, I'm like, I got to get out of here again. I go to Phoenix first. I end up here, but we vacation every year in Newport beach in the book. I meet a runner who says he can get me a house for a week on the beach in Newport beach while we're talking over baseball bets and all this other stuff. I'm like, perfect. Never asked, gave him the week I needed. He said, the key will be, (laughs) 
just literally showed up. It was like it was the ocean front. We walked out the door to the back across that biking path and touched our feet in the sand. Never asked a question. Never, never asked a question. Like it was just so again, this is what they, they, they we brought the kids, you know, they, they, they thought wow. they hit the jackpot. Um, we saw the sunset every night. We did, oh. we did everything dream trip. And from a guy in the book got a house that house is rents for like 6,000 a week. Easy. Now. Yeah. He said, take it. Just wow. Use it. Yeah. It was amazing. Oof. Amazing. All right, let's talk some baseball here. Yep. Red Sox should not have been dog last night. Angels lose the 12th game in a row. It's one nothing. Syndergaard pitches well. Waka goes for a complete game. Yes. Red Sox have three pitchers now who have thrown complete games, which is really rare today in baseball. True. But when does the losing end for the Angels? Mike Trout was okay yesterday, but... Still no runs. One nothing win for Boston. Twelve consecutive losses now for the Angels. I don't. I, how many times have we got to talk about this on this show about picking against the streak? We're not picking <laughs> against the streak. We're betting with the streak. Books finally flipped it. Red Sox are favored. Uh, Whitlock's pitching. Yep. And we still don't have a starter named. I don't think for the Angels. No, not according to my screen. So minus a quarter. Minus 25, minus 30. It's just a guess, but, you know, how, how could the Angels be favored? I just don't think they can. They were it's yesterday a weird with deal. Syndergaard, but, like, at what point do you go, seriously, what do you make the number? They're a bad team right now. They can't score. They cannot score. And they and their pitching was good yesterday, but right. one run one runs all that was needed. Yeah. Get a one nothing victory for Boston. It was on an air. It was an unearned run. Mm-hmm. Uh apparently. And again, I didn't see it, but um I you take the Angels. If you do better to book it, I'm booking it. That's fine. No, I I I <laughs> I played it yesterday because the Red Sox, I, it was because it was plus money. Now that the Red good Sox day are yesterday, by the way, here on the show, that was a good yeah. day. Three, you know, and two plus money as, as, as Dubsy calls it, plus money peaches. Got a plus, plus money peaches, plus one fifty five run line Mets and a money line plus one ten Red Sox win over the angels. So right. I, I don't know. I, I tend to <clears throat> like, I did this for the first game on the a series. I bet the Red Sox run line that cashed. So that I didn't bring it back on the show or the podcast. I bet it personally, run line, run line, hit all three. So I'll bet Red Sox money line, money line. I just won't bring it as part of the show. I'll just personally bet it because it's just, well, a bad team versus a team that's coming around. And that takes me to the next question I've got for you. Uh So the Red Sox right now occupy the third wildcard spot. Yes, sir. After all the hell that they have played through in the month of April, if the playoffs began today, Boston's in the playoffs in baby. What do you make of this new playoff format? Are we going to see better baseball or are we going to see bad teams in the playoffs because we've got three wild cards? Cause the numbers Dave are bad. I mean, really, really bad. We start looking at the way this has been broken down wild card standings right now. The blue Jays are 32 and 22 mm-hmm. Tampa is 31 and 23 the Red Sox then are 28 and 27. 
Guardians are 24 and 25, and it goes down from there. Yep. National League, Padres are 33 and 22. Cardinals okay. are 32 and 23. Okay. Giants, 29 and 24. But then the right. Braves come in two games back at 28 and 27, and every other team is at least four games under 500. Losing record, right. Not just losing, four games under Bad. 500. Right. Yeah. Bad yeah. baseball. Are we going to see playoff teams? Did you like this new format? Is this going to work for baseball? Or are we just playing playoff games because it's the best money for the book for, for the for the owners? Um, I don't know. Like I like the playoff format the way it was. Just mm-hmm. like you know, so changing it. I mean, they're three game series, right? Yep. So that's better. Um, I don't know yet if I like it. I got to see it in action. Me too. I like the fact that I like the fact that the one seed is going to get something for being the one seed, other than having to play a hot wild card team. Like there's now an advantage for the Mm -hmm. one seed, just like the NFL. Like the one seed should Mm -hmm. see some auxiliary benefit from being the best team in a regular season, but you still got to win a championship. I love playoff hockey. It's the best. Playoff basketball is good. Playoff baseball is ahead of basketball for me. Ooh. The football games are just another game. Like every football game, because there's only 16 of them, I mean, they're just another game to me. The hmm. the the NFL. It's it doesn't have that same whatever to me. And, and there's no series, I think. So now. I got to see it in action. But do you do you think it's going to be better or worse? I don't know because I think there's a real potential for crap baseball. Well, I mean, for that's years my, there's that's been my some crap basketball in the first round. I mean, Correct. Been, but crap. I just I don't personally like under 500 teams making the playoffs. So, I agree. So I need to see. I mean, if we're going to see a team that's, you know, 80 and 82 making the playoffs, I don't like that. So, but what we're going to get potentially, maybe not this year, is a Cinderella run. Bad team gets hot, makes a run. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thought that I've got with it, that maybe that's a possibility. But <clears throat> overall, I'm highly skeptical that this is going to make for a better playoff experience. Kevin White just put in a text that, or in the chat that I'm not a football guy. That's absurd. I mean, everybody's a football guy in this business. I just find it as just not as compelling playoff wise. I think what you make the case with football is that it's the most popular and the most volatile. Oh, betting wise, for sure. So you, I think, are a little bit jaded on it because of the years of booking these games and having it go that, you know, that volatility is on both sides of the counter. Oh, for sure. So you, I think, like the everyday grind because you go bookmake every single day, baseball, basketball, hockey. It's daily. It's a daily grind. So it's a different situation than football where <clears throat> for the most for most people, the reason why they like football is once a week. Like we've talked about it's once a week. It's highly volatile, but you work all day, go to your job, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, bam, your reward is your football team. Right. Sit in the couch, watch your game, bet your team, right. nothing going on, no distractions, no honeydew, no nasty, no nothing. So I think that's 
generally speaking, I think the average better average football fan isn't doing what you and I are doing every single day, looking at the numbers every single day, making bets every single day, watching the line movement every single day. So I think that's the one difference that you have is that you see it from a bigger picture and you've been, you've watched football and you're like, yep, just part of the rhythm. Week 18 into wildcard weekend, divisional round, championship round, Super Bowl, just another week, just another part of the schedule. It is. And it's, it's almost like the weekend warrior, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's just, Oh, everybody's a betting expert. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody can break down, you know, one personnel, two personnel, and they're reading Warren Sharp and giving you this and they're reading Phil Steele and giving you that. And it's like, wait a second, what are you talking about? Like, what are we talking about on a Wednesday? We're talking about what the line may end up or move to. Okay. Like that's fine. And you don't see a lot of things happen until weekend and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I love football. I love the event. I, I love college football. You've been to the SEC games. Yep. You understand. <laughs> like, I've been to a lot of the Big Ten schools. I get it. It's way more fun. I think it's more fun than the pro games myself. But hopefully we'll, we'll you know, we got a pro team to break down today. We'll get to that here shortly. But um. Definitely a football guy. Don't, don't, Kevin, don't go in there and say I'm not a football guy. Please come on. All right. Time now for our circus sports team schedule of the day. The Bostonian versus the book is being brought to you by circus sports. This is too much of a color contrast. This is going to be somebody designed this one. I want to have this one while we're doing it. Viva la Mexico. Right. You know what? Uh, This was designed by one of our our brigade members. This is going out to him, especially. But I said, you can pick the B's and the V colors. You know what he said to me? What? Do green for the Celtics, yep. red for the Red Sox for Matt, do gold for Pittsburgh teams for you, and send me the hat. So how about that? That it's was what, that. That's how I came up with that. And like it looks like Mexico, but that's you know hat tip to to Mikey. You know wow. because this is his hat. He designed it. We'll send this out to him today. Very nice. Yes. The Bostonian versus the book is being brought to you by Circus Sports and the Circa Million Four Football Handicapping Contest. The most exciting football handicapping contest is back for another season. Circa Million Four would deliver six million, excuse me, in guaranteed total prizes with a one million dollar first place prize. This contest once again will not take a rake. Any extra fees go right back into the prize pool. Each player will make five picks in the pro football world against the spread each week. Each pick is worth one point, with the player with the most points earning the at least one million dollars entries are $1,000 for the max of three per player. Test your skill this season against the best football handicappers in the world and your chance to win $1 million. For more information about contest rules and sign-up information, log on to circusports.com. Schedule of the day. LA Rams. They just made Aaron Donald the highest-paid non-quarterback in history. Yeah, they did. Rams number is 10.5. Juice to the under. Ten and a half juice to the under. Minus 120. Okay. Did you see Sean McVay's wedding over the weekend? Um, that's a no hard. Big no. wedding. His, his wedding cake was the Lombardi trophy. <clears throat> really? Yes. Oh boy. Yeah, he was having a good old time. And mm. I don't, well, let's go through it. The Rams schedule is not easy. No. Rams open up against Buffalo Thursday night at home. 
NBC broadcast. Slight favorites. It's like dogs. I got Buffalo minus one. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I thought the Rams opened up minus one. No. Um, let's see. I'm all messed up because of my have to go out and come back in in a different browser. Let's see. Wins. Uh, Didn't yeah. open Rams, Rams minus one? Some did. Some okay. did. But we got Buffalo minus one. Um, Win or lose? Complete coin flip. Complete coin flip. I'll give it to the Rams. One and oh. I don't know about that game to be quiet. I have no idea. <laughs> Buffalo I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Buffalo could win that game. Home for Atlanta. Win. Yes. At Arizona. <sighs> this is easy. They own them. 100%. God, they own them. I want to say Arizona, but I can't. It's 3-0. and McVay. Yep, 3-0 and start. At San Francisco. Loss. Monday Night Football. Agreed. Loss. Loss. Home for Dallas. Win. Four. Mm. Home for Carolina. Five. Five and one start for the Rams. Not impossible. Four and two, maybe, but five and one's on the table by week in week seven. Okay. Then it gets hard. At oh, sorry, home for San Francisco. Uh, did I have him winning at San Francisco? You had him losing at San Francisco. It does one loss. It's the only loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'll say, I mean, they're going to split with San Francisco. So I say, <laughs> I got to give them a win. Six at Tampa. Loss. Home for Arizona. Win. No, I'm going to say they split against Arizona too. All right. Six still. At New Orleans. They'll win that game. Agreed. At Kansas City. Loss. Agreed. Home for Seattle. Win. Eight. Home for Vegas. Thursday night football. Vegas in now. What's the date of that game? Uh, December 8th. For Christmas. Oh, still in December. We could go to that game. That a hell of a game. Be fun as hell. Thursday night. Um, I think they could lose that game. I do I'm going to say win, though. I'm going to say win. So what is that? Nine? I got nine? I have eight. At Green Bay, December Loss. 19th. Loss. <laughs> Home for Denver. I can't think that 10. I'm, I got 10 wins. I'm on nine at LA Rams. Sorry. At LA Char- Rams. Sorry. So at LA Chargers, rather. So they got a home game against the Chargers. I'll say they lose it. Ooh. Wow. I yeah. would say they win that 10 and then at Seattle. Win. I'm at 11. Where are you at? 11. Yeah. So I got 11. Even money over 10 and a half. Even right now. money over 10 and a half. For the Rams. I don't want to bet over ever in that situation. Well, the reason I think, man, that's hard. Yeah, it's a, it's a sharp number. It's a good number. But I also think it's, number. it's one injury, Stafford injury, Donald from injury. Going under, under. Yeah, from not, yeah. Hit, not hitting. So I think if you're going to bet it, I think you got to be a little bit wary. 
that you got a razor's edge. I mean, the thing is 11 and seven for a defending champ. Like everybody always says the team after you win the Super Bowl, you tend to have a little bit of a lag. That's why no one's gone back to back. Yeah. Since the Patriots in 0304. So the breaks don't happen. Injuries pop up. Stafford may not play as well. 11 and seven, though, is not hard. 11 and six. Sorry, 11 and six. Yeah. Sorry, 11 and six. It's not hard. Hashtag fact check parole. Sorry. 11 and six. But 18, 18 week schedule, 17 games. So you've got, I mean, that's not. 11 wins. So, so wait, so let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Cause I used to do this in the room with the guys. What's the highest they can go. We just went through the schedule. If they 13, go 12 and five or 13 and four, they can go 13 possible. Four. Yes. 13 and four is possible. 13 and four with that schedule. If everything goes right. Yeah. Like let's I go 12 and five max. All right. So let's max. go through, let's go through the, the road games, the non-conference road, the, the non-division road games. So they win a game at Seattle at Tampa. Likely. They they win the game. They they probably lose at San Francisco and they could lose at Arizona. So nah. let's just give them two. Let's so give four, them two. So there. four and two in the division. Okay. Oh, they win all the home games. I think so. Because San Francisco could go there and win. Yeah, no? I don't know who's a quarterback. Okay. I mean, you got Garoppolo going mean, in there and winning that game. You got Trey Lance going in there and winning that game. I don't know. I mean, maybe Jimmy G could do it, but I'm not buying the, I mean, Jimmy G did it last year in what week, 17, 16, whatever it was. When Garoppolo won won that game on the road at the Rams. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. All right. So those, those give me the, the out of the, out of division road games, Tampa. At Tampa, at New Orleans, at Kansas city, at green Bay. Damn. Those are hard. They might only get one win out of that, maybe two. Okay. So there's four losses. Four and two in the division, two losses out of conference road games. But the home games, Buffalo, Atlanta, Dallas, Carolina, those are winnable games. I mean, the whole bet might come down to Buffalo, that week one game. Yeah. They lose it. They may not get there. If they win it, they probably get there. Season wins are not always very. Uh, I mean, I'm fine. I, I, look, the Raiders, SoFi is becoming a house of horrors for the Raiders. Now it's against the Rams, not the Chargers, but it's becoming, I mean, they've just had some really bad breaks in that stadium. But it's a dome with their offense. <laughs> I mean, J. Dow Betts just put hashtag math is hard. It is. But like, think about it. Like if you look at it from a, from a Raider perspective, they've played well over there. Can they block Aaron Donald? But did you see Devonte Adams in the black and silver yesterday for the first time? Nope. <sighs> looks <She> good. Looks- <laughs> just kind of like hit me like, damn, they've got, Devontae Adams in there. Like, it's just going to be crazy. I swear I was walking by one of the stores when I went to go get these hats done and all this stuff. And I saw the Raider Jersey. Yep. And I was like, am I going to end up getting one of these? 
Like, yes, it, you're every, everything it, else. It just should be just like a, it's uh, to be a yes, just because I know, but I mean, it was just one of those teams growing up. Like that one's going to hurt putting that on, but like, it's sharp. And if they get going, man, it's, I don't know. I don't know. That's going to determine so many things, the way the Raiders season goes in the division playoff spots in the AFC, a road game at SoFi against the Rams. It's crazy. McDaniels is the one worry I've got. (laughs) Like, I don't really, I thought you'd be all right with the whole thing with him. I don't know if he can, who has done it without bill. I mean, without bill, he stunk in Denver. Now he's younger. I get it. (laughs) But like, if this offense is going to look at the Patriot offense, right? Derek Carr. If Derek Carr can do the Brady, get rid of the bleeping football. Three-step, five-step, seven-step. When your foot hits the back, get damn out the field. Throw the football. Right. Don't pat. Don't look around. If it's bang, 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 quick out, bubble screen, slant, over the top. None of the stuff that got him in trouble in previous seasons where he's just looking around and like, uh, feeling all antsy and then turns the ball over by forcing a football, bad throw, whatever it might be. If they have an offense that can mimic what the Patriots did in 2007 with Randy Moss and have three running backs, have an outstanding tight end. What are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking about? Offense. They went 17 and oh, that's correct. But that, I mean, I'm not saying that Carr is Brady. What I'm saying is you can see the pieces as what the Patriots have been able to do and what they did then that McDaniels learned under, has watched, has studied, has seen the tendencies. Patriots became a very quick strike bubble offense in relation to because they didn't need to throw. Everyone was so nervous of Randy Moss. They all played deep. So then they came underneath with all the quick strikes. Hunter Renfro, man. Brother Dan just said I'm dead to him if I get the Raiders stuff. Do you oh. see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like it's just I know. That's, that's just I get runs I so get hating deep. the Raiders. I mean it's it's a deep hatred runs in the deep. 70s. Well, the 70s hatred. I mean, that was the Steelers oh. and the Raiders. That's what it was. He's right. Yep. Right about that. It's but that this gonna town, man, it's gonna, it's gonna, I mean, if they're good, man, this place is gonna explode. There is a window right now, okay? In oh. in this town right oh. now, because the Golden Knights. Are going down, nowhere. Down a little bit right now. I mean, still no coach, by the way. Out of sight, out of they're out of sight, out of mind. Right. The I Bruins mean, don't fire their coach. Maybe hire that guy. No, oh, Cassie would be a great hire here. Oh. Great hire. What a bad move by the Bruins. Oof. How are they doing? Don, you can't fire Don Sweeney. I mean, it wasn't Cass- Cassidy went to the playoffs six straight years. They had to fire Bruce Cassidy. Brilliant move. Nice job, Bruins. That's a Bruins are going to suck. They're in salary cap hell. Now they fired their coach. Tons of injuries. Bergeron's going to retire. Who's going to take that job? I have no idea. Bruins are going to be bad for, I would say Bruins are going to be bad for at least two seasons, maybe more. Like they went for it and they missed. And they took their shot, didn't get it done. So now it's. Bring that guy here. Right. Bruce Cassidy here would be a great hire. I think he would be personality wise, play style wise. Yeah. Cassidy here would be a really. And then if they get him. Play for him. Mm -hmm. Like that would be. If they get Cassidy here, that would be a really smart move by the by the Knights to not hire hire a coach to sit back and wait and see how it shakes out, because they would have gotten a guy who's gone you know six straight to the playoffs six straight times and the Cup Finals once. So I'd be on the horn. I'd have already been on the horn yesterday. I was like, wait, 100%. the Bruins fired that guy. Supposedly, 
he did not take it very well. <laughs> Sweeney was asked in the in the press conference, how did Bruce Cassidy take it? Not very well. So you probably flipped the desk over. <laughs> what the hell did out. you want me to do, man? Uh, I made the playoffs every year. Yep. Like I didn't have a goalie. I didn't have a goalie or a second line. <laughs> I, had, I had one line and a and a problem in the net in Tuca that had to had to, you know, coming, going, retiring, unretiring, playing, sucking, leaving. It's a mess. It was not Bruce Cassidy's fault. He absolutely was the fall guy for the decisions made by Don Sweeney. And oh, by the way, the team that won the Stanley Cup the last two years is in a damn division. It's hard to get out of the division in, in there. Like, mm. we got to find a way to beat that team first. Worrying about yeah. me winning the Stanley Cup. I'm worried about beating the Lightning. So, I can't Cassie wouldn't be a but bad yes, hire. Yes, go back to your window here in Vegas for the Raiders. It's so, open. It's go. wide. It's wide open. Oh. And we know what L.A. is. L.A. is a Raider town. The biggest fear the Rams and the Chargers have is a competitive Raider team. They do not want the Raiders to be good. Who don't want the Raiders to be good? Los Angeles, the Rams and the Chargers. Biggest fan base in Los Angeles is not the two teams that live there. That's 100% true. It's still there. We saw it when we were there for the Super Bowl. Raiders. It's a Raiders Raider town. Still. Raider town. So the Raiders are playing two games there this year. At LA Rams, at LA Chargers. Got them both? Yes. Two trips going over there. So you know if the Raiders are good... Devontae Adams coming in. Raiders are playoff contenders, championship contenders. That building is going to be blacked out. Both games could be home games for the Raiders. Maybe we'll watch that game on TV. <laughs> that, one, that one might be a little bit of uh, extracurricular activity. Volatile. Outside and inside. 100%. And, and that's, we need to go to that game now that you think about that. But this is where like, we don't have and we haven't had a real big big hype buildup for the Raiders yet. The Raiders are playing the first football game of the year. We're two months away from football, by the way, guys, two months Raiders Jags hall of fame game, August 4th. <laughs> Just silly. Why well, is it silly? Right? I'm psyched. The Raiders are going to kick it off. It helps this market. First time we see a football game is involving the team in this market. It's not a real football game, but it's still Definitely not. Okay. Thank it's you. still players wearing uniforms out True. there playing football. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a complete, it's an extra preseason game, Yep. but it's the start of the fall. When the hall of fame game kicks off, we watch it for literally two series and then we shut it off, but it'll be the first time Devonte Adams is catching a pass from he ain't Carr. dressing for that game. Ooh, you think so? You don't think so? No. All right. No, we'll see what Josh. T- we'll see how Josh handles it. I mean, Patriots would have played Brady. Patriots would have played all their stars, at least for a series. They never even played that game ever. Patriots never will. Belichick wouldn't. Have, would, 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 yeah, he, he wouldn't allow it to be sent yeah. to the Hall of Fame. I ain't game. playing in that Hall of Fame game. <laughs> Belichick schedule us. Yeah, Belichick wouldn't allow it. But I love I, I love the fact that this Raider team. Look, of the of the the Chargers Cardinals. Raiders, Rams, Chargers, Cardinal. What, what, what is that? It's the it's the four teams in this in the south. In, in the oh, south that's our west, southwest division, southwest, like uh, southwest yeah. market. So yes, to say the southwest market of all the okay. of that portion of of the country with these okay. four teams. Of the four, who has the biggest upside for next season? Oh, it's the Raiders. Hundred percent. 
I think the Rams take a step back. Don't think they get the Chargers too. I mean, I I think the Chargers are going to be good. I really do. They could be the best team of the. They they could be the best team of the four. Yeah, I mean, they've got the potential, but that team has a voodoo doll against it with injuries. Yeah, Arizona. I just don't trust what's going on there. I just don't. I just think there's a lot of issues that are happening, and looking at it from the outside in, I'm just not that 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 one. I think is the biggest fall. Myself, I think that one has the the biggest ceiling drop. Bottom could drop out of that. They could be well. Kingsbury, Kingsbury seven and up ten after December first. The Cardinals can't win. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like football in at Texas Tech and in the NFL, Cardinals in the second half, Cardinals in the end of the season. For whatever reason, that guy gets tuned out. Players get tired of hearing Cliff Kingsbury talk, mm. and they just tune him out. And they fall hard, unfortunately, and they do not perform well at all at, at the at the end of the year. You ever tune me out during the show? No, never. All I'll right, tune you out either. Wagers.com story of the day. Let's get your reaction to Jason Robbins. Here's the quote. Give it to us, please. Give Here's the quote. Jason Robbins, CEO of DraftKings, speaking at a Goldman Sachs investor conference yesterday. Quote is this, we are trying to get smart in eliminating the sharp action or limiting it at least, then trying to make sure we have high parlay mix because people do like that. That is something that we've been focusing on a lot since we've migrated onto the SB Tech platform. It's only been eight or nine months, but the parlay percentage of bet mix goes up each month. FanDuel historically has had a much higher hold rate than DraftKings in large part because FanDuel does same game parlays and they've had a lot of success. success with that. Yeah. He said that? Yes. He said FanDuel? No, 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 no. He, he just said, he's talking about that, that they're, that why their percentage going up, that that's part of the article saying that historically FanDuel's oh, hold oh, rate has okay, been okay, higher. Right, okay. That That's why they're focusing on it because FanDuel is there. Um, Robin said, quote, in DFS, our margins got substantially higher as the market matured because we just decided to make them higher. You can do that. The tricky part is how do you do that at the right time in the right way without degrading the customer experience? Cool. So he's talking about trying to find ways to increase their margins and throw out professional players, eliminating the sharp action. Is a word is a phrase he has said publicly many 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 times. The hell is he talking to when he says that? How in the world do you do that? There's a bunch of ways you can try to do it, but I don't know why you would do it. We didn't want to do that. I don't. I. I, If you eliminate the sharp action, (laughs) we used to say this all the time to the books that were eliminating the sharp action or wouldn't take bets. How do you know what the right side is? <laughs> you got you to gotta have somebody showing you the way because you ain't paying anybody to sit in there and do it. I used to say that all the time. I know what side they're going to bet. I ain't telling you. Pay me more. They wouldn't. So we just sit there sometimes and go, okay, watch this guy's going to bet this. This guy's going to bet this. Dave, how'd you know? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, so... How does how does DraftKings eliminate the sharp action? Uh, I can tell you Just what they're doing. Roll out anybody who wins. 
Uh, they run different reports. They determine that you're sharp after three bets. They'll they'll profile you. Um, you're on the list. The way you're betting a baseball overnight, you're going to be on the list. They don't care how much you're betting. Sometimes they care what you're getting, the number. Mm-hmm. And you're betting the number ahead of the move. You're betting it overnight or you're betting their numbers are bad. I used yeah. to say, well, why are you doing a closing line report if the opening line sucks? And I'm betting it because I know the opening line sucks. I'm going to beat your closing line every time because your opener stinks. It has to move that way. And if I can do it, a million other people can do it. So what are you what are you basing me being sharp off of? Beating your number, your number's not good. Okay. Or you start betting baseball this week. You're mm-hmm. three and oh. Mm-hmm. You go three and oh today. You're six and oh. You gotta be sharp. <laughs> this guy can't lose. He's sharp. How about, He's but how baseball. about the people who took my plays yesterday and parlayed them? Oh boy. They better not that, win today. That was a plus nine hundred parlay that I have seen at Damn. minimum five tickets. From people who did that. Now, I don't recommend ever doing that. I rarely go three, you know, but I was so adamant on this show and so adamant yesterday, as mm-hmm. Brother Dan pointed out, I had somebody say, the way you described those bets, I had to just say, take a flyer on it because you were so angry at the number. And I was, I was really angry at the numbers no that they put up. I thought they both were absolutely astronomical. That the yeah. Avalanche number was stupid. The Red Sox never should have been dogs and getting plus 155 on the Mets on the run line against Snell, who they never score for tremendous against the top three team against the run line in baseball in the Mets, they went 11 to five. I, I just, I felt like all three of those numbers were wrong. And so a bunch of people just took them and bet them and they parlayed them and they showed me the tickets at plus 900. And like, so what happens? Did they put them in a discord? Yeah. Put them in discord. Awesome. They put them on Twitter. That's like fantastic. they DM me them. Oh, I love it. That's great. Awesome. And it's a plus 900 cash. And I look, I, again, I don't recommend ever parlaying my place, but you know, yesterday was a day where I, sometimes there's unicorn days. Yesterday was one of those unicorn days where I was looking at the board going, you know, F you, like, what are you doing? These are all wrong numbers. What you're putting up doesn't make any sense. Like if you parlay that and you've beat the closing number on all three of those bets and you parlay them together and you hit, are you a sharp because you parlay them together and you put 50 bucks down and pulled down 450? You, you better not win today. <laughs> you better not win today. You better give a little back. You better, Ridiculous. You better, that's what I'm saying. Like you win yet. You win that yesterday. You have a monster day. You win again today. You beat a couple closing lines or you just bet good bets or whatever. Um, And then by the end of the week, you're up, I don't know, six units, whatever it is. And reports get run and you get lumped in a thing. You may get put in a bucket. Baseball can't sharp. Can't just be hot? Can't, that just, can't the book just allow the idea of for someone course. to be hot? Like, is this possible that you're on a, you're on a heater and that yeah. you're going to turn around and go two and 12 the next week? You notice from doing the juice. Yes. I notice from living in the book my whole life. Like everybody gets hot. Everybody loses. It goes back and forth. Like there's no. Trying every be, day for two years, I've hit 52%. Yeah. Trying to win is very <laughs> difficult. It's very, very hard. You go through streaks, though. Like the yes. Angels are going through a losing streak right now. Yes. They can't get out of their own way. They can't score runs. They can't. You just, this happens in betting, too. There's mm-hmm. times where your process is the same. You get lucky, you win. You get unlucky, you lose. 
but you keep coming back. The book has to know this. Instead, we're getting books and guys going and doing conferences talking about we're getting rid of the sharp action. Sell the stock. <laughs> guys coming in and telling you, he's coming in and telling you we're getting rid of the sharp action. I don't want to be a part of investing in that book because that book is not thinking right. I want to get sharper guys on my side of the counter. And I want to take all the action, sharp, square, rhombus, parallelogram, everybody. Come on in. We can raise the limits. We can do more volume. We can make more money. Instead, we're throwing people out, limiting sharp action, whatever the hell that means. It's an ass-backwards way to run the business. I don't know. I can't get excited when I talk about it because I'm like, I listen to these conference calls now. I listen to these investors' calls. I was always too busy either raising kids or booking the games or working in a book, you know, writing tickets to to take the time and listen to these investor calls. Now I dial in and listen because they're open. I sit there and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's a lot of a lot of people saying a lot of stuff, and I'm wondering what the hell. I mean, like if you're an investor and you have a little bit of DraftKings stock, you're not a life-changing amount of money or even an uncomfortable amount of money, but like, does this give you a feeling of like, okay, this is going to be the turnaround when you hear well, this guy? Well, I mean, look, at Betting Loss, Betting in Las Vegas Twitter account, our wagers.com highlighted this for a story this morning. The tweet is, the only profitable way to deal with, quote, sharp action is to put up numbers that they are happy to take a bet on. Because Robbins and DraftKings have refused to do that, it's no surprise the company lost 85% of its value. It's fascinating how little they care about their investors. Now, that's just one person. But, I mean, you know, talking about raising the margins, Robbins said yesterday, in an earlier stage environment, it is not the worst thing in the world to give people a couple of extra winning experiences rather than trying to maximize how much margin we're taking. So it's an area of focus. But very deliberately, we're not looking to take money from people, forcing them into bets they don't want to make. Not understanding what that really means. So you're basically talking about what he's talking in circles. Yeah, it's like so what you're saying is you're giving people free rolls to explain why numbers wise, you guys are losing money consistently because of the promotional dollars that you are creating out of thin air and then losing those wagers to people. They're winning because they've got the free rolls and then they're pulling that money out. Thus, you've lost money. You created this dollar out of nowhere and then you gave it to somebody, give them a hundred bucks free roll. They turned a hundred into 500 and then they pulled it out. So you lost 500 bucks after creating a hundred bucks. You've five times the loss now and then it gets duplicated in, you know, over and over and over again. And now you're losing 80, 90, whatever million a month. I just don't get the idea of saying to people that, look, we are going to just go after the recreational player who wants to play parlays, and that's our target audience, and we're going to give them free money to do it. It's insulting. And and we're going to expect them to lose. Right. Like, that's what you're saying. You're saying that we're going to give people free money to bet a parlay, and then we will collect the money after the fact because they're going to lose. We know they're going to lose. But what if they don't? Oh, if they don't, then we kick them out. What? <laughs> like, what the hell is that? What, what, is, what is that? that? What is that? I, I don't understand. Like, you're giving me a free roll. You're telling me, hey, 500 buck deposit bonus, free first time bet, thousand bucks, whatever it might be. Okay. 
So I'm sharp enough to understand that I'm going to come in here. I'm going to bet a plus 500 parlay or whatever it might be. And I hit it. And then I decided to take my money out or I just keep playing. And now I've gone, you know, a 500 buck deposit has turned into 5,000 and I keep on playing, keep on playing. Nope. You're not a recreational player anymore. Now you're a professional. I'm going to limit your account. Huh? And not only am I going to limit the account, I'm going to encourage you to not play here no more. Right. I'm going to ask you to leave. Come in. I've invented money out of thin air, snapped my fingers and matched this bonus. You win. I'm closing your account or limiting you. So I'm hamstringing myself from getting that money back. <laughs> You're walking with my money from the book's perspective. Like that's a business plan. That's that. like, I need you to keep playing. The first thing when you come into a casino, you sit down on a blackjack table and you start rolling. The last thing they want you to do is get up and leave. They ain't kicking you out yet. They want you to sit down and play. They may change a dealer. They give you a shuffle. They're going to try to get you off your game, whatever you're doing. You may just be running hot. They don't want you going. They want you playing. You need drinks? Hey, you want a comp? Hey, you want this? I can get you show tickets. You can stay here, come back to play blackjack after the show. The book is going, get out. You beat us. You're too sharp. That's somebody that ain't in the business telling you that. That's what I look at. When I hear that, tell me you're in the sportsbook business not knowing a damn thing. Nobody knows shit. You're number one. And ain't I mean, it ain't a personal attack on anybody, just what no. you're hearing. Well, like, it's 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 I, I think the overwhelming influence of the stock price. Hat change number two, different yeah. yellows. The, high, the the stock price conversation is what I think is such a unique portion because Vegas never had this conversation from a bookmaking perspective. The book was never asked to handle a stock price. The book was always the front porch, the entryway, the 2% hold, the 5% hold, whatever it might be. Right. And it's a very low margin business. So if you're going to a book at MGM, MGM's got 15 different revenue streams coming out off this one person coming onto their property. Right. Where now we got one and we got to maximize that because our stock prices are everyone's stock prices, you know, in the toilet. But right. it's the the whole economy is starting to teeter, and people who have come in and bought DraftKings stock at sixty five, seventy dollars a share are now going. It's fourteen. What is the plan to recover? When will you be profitable? When are you going to see, or when am I going to see a return on my investments? Well, and the answer get is more investment money, right? Well, they're good. supposedly that's 2024. I guess is the number when they, they expect DraftKings to, to do to do a money call. They'll need they have enough money to last until then, and that's why California they're banking big time on California to be legal, because then they'll go and ask for a hundred million dollars to pay for the license in California, which will set the clock back another three years to being profitable. But they'll say, hey, we'll get there eventually. And they keep kicking that can down the road. Somebody, something's got to. Somebody's got to pick that can up and say, "Shake this thing." When are we doing it right? I don't know. It's crazy. Very true. Sports Grid. Thank you guys. We're back tomorrow, thank 11 you. p.m. Pacific time after the Pat McAfee Show. For those of you live on the YouTube stream and Twitter, don't move. We'll do uh, better to book it and the proper day right now. Sports Grid. Yes. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Uh, okay. Betprep.com. Prop of the day. Dodgers pitcher Mitch White under four and a half K's at minus 136. So let's go into this a little bit. 
Our guy Spencer actually gave us some extra interesting pop to this. So How one yesterday with the K prop way over 10 and a half. He had 10 K's yesterday. Carrasco did. I believe so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We had the over yesterday, right? Or the under, what do we have? I can't remember what that bet was yesterday. Uh, yesterday was over four and a half K's. Yeah. He had 10 and a half yesterday. He didn't have 10 and a half K's. You can't have a or half 10 or 10, 10 K's. Sorry. 10 K's. Sorry. I, I, I wasn't watching it. I was getting it from Jenna Garcia. She was texting me that it went way over. Okay, good. Thanks, Jenna. Jenna's watching the show right now. Yep. Well, not right now, but she was, she texted me during, she's the one that does our prop bet of the day for Instagram and TikTok. Excellent work, Jenna. Thank so you. So she said she follows it. She bets it. And she came in and said, Hey, we got it. Let me double check. 10 K's in seven innings. He only gave up two earned. Five yeah. hits, no walks. So it's my Carrasco's first goes a bet on every time he pitches. Chat, don't yep. you, you, listen. We got Kyle Freeland day. Run line. Freeland day is the under. Carrasco is the run line. Carrasco got to be. I mean, run, that's strong. Carrasco's run line. Yeah. Uh, first text of the day was from our guy Darren at betprep.com, betprep.com slash chat to get into the Discord channel, um, asking you to please fade this bet <laughs> today. Really. He said, tell Dave to go against this today. All right. Uh, Do whatever he says. What is, Mitch what is White, it? under four and a half Ks. Best lines, minus 136. He's had one game over the last eight where he's gone over this. He averages 2.8 Ks per game. Four games on the road, 1.8 Ks per. He averages 2.5 innings per start through eight games. Best game of the year. Last time out, though, five innings, seven Ks against the Pirates. Pirates have struck out a ton this year, however. White Sox have averaged just 6.8 strikeouts per game. They're playing better. (laughs) Third fewest in Major League Baseball for the White Sox here. Additionally, our guy Spencer gave a couple different stats on White. Eight appearances this year, five in relief, three starts. White has started three games this year, hitting five plus strikeouts just once. He's on a maximum of 78 pitches in three starts. Shouldn't go deep into the game. White Sox... White Sox have the fifth lowest strikeout rate in Major League Baseball, which is 19.7%. The White, got, White Sox struck out seven times. Uh, White struck out seven in his last start on June 1st. However, again, the Pirates are a high strikeout team. You can shop this around. FanDuel at minus 145. DraftKings at minus 175. Points bet is the market high at minus 193. Why won't they just move the number? <laughs> minus 193? Yep. Somebody's charging you minus 193 to go on an under, under K. four and a half Ks. On, on under K price. What the hell's going on? That's why the stock prices are going down. <laughs> Forget about the parlays. What kind of pricing is this? I don't want to go to that store ever again. That's ridiculous. P-Roll, this seems too easy. How the hell does this lose? I like it. <laughs> I mean, how does this lose? I like Listen, it. Darren, I'll fade whatever you need me to fade, but this this how does this lose? I like it. I, White Sox Dodgers. I like it too, but I mean I'll fade it, you know, but <laughs> this this is crazy. Under four and a half K's is minus 136, and another book is minus 190 something. Mm-hmm. You better bet under four and a half while you can. If three and a half pops, is it gonna plus money? No. Not at minus one ninety three being the the first move, it'll still be minus short, you know, minus one twenty, minus one twenty five, okay. something like that. Um, but then you get that over bet, you know, 
and these guys that, you know, arbitrage all day, all the sharp action that all these books are trying to throw out like DraftKings, you know, all they want to do is go over three and a half and under four and a half. That makes you sharp if you bet both sides, I guess. You know, that's that's Land, very sharp to do. Lands four. Yeah. Well, Time for Better to Book It being brought to you by Fliff. Get Fliff.com. If you have it legal in your state and you download the app, they'll give you 25 bucks simply for signing up. Go back to the black hat for this in case you cut this. Sounds good. Go back to the black hat. Tampa Rangers under five and a half. Riding this. Betting it or booking it, it's What's going the price? to price. Would you get? Would you get? Uh, where did I get it? Minus one twenty-five, I think, last night. Okay, that's what I got last night. I see you working. You're sharp. They're gonna. They're gonna somebody's gonna throw you out. Somebody's hundred percent. Four in a row, out. and then last night six five. But I think we come back as the series progresses for the Rangers and the Lightning. I think the under is a better bet each game. It's been good in games two and three. I know that it didn't work out so good in game one. So we're two and one to that bet and under every game. We're betting it under again. Although now the price is minus 135, P roll. Okay. So um is it enough to keep you off it today at minus one? I already bet it. I'd still I'd shop around, find minus 130 and bet it. I'm okay. I mean, I'm at, I I laid 25, laying 30 doesn't scare me. Would you rather lay 30 or 35 than go five and a half? Uh, five and under plus one oh five. I don't like the if I get a five, I would bet the over, but I was, I don't think I'm going to see a five. Yeah, it's going to be real reluctance to go to five, despite the fact that that's been the exact number back to back games. Yeah, two, three, two games. So it's very likely to be that again. Fandle has those fun bets. Uh, JD gave me four one Tampa tonight as the final score. Perfect, love it. it was fourteen to one, Tampa four one. You can bet these exact score numbers. The three twos, opposite sides are the favorites for tonight. Eight okay. eight to one and nine to one. So, um, that's we're going under. Bet it. Okay. Cubs Orioles. Oh my. I got this. At I didn't my, think you were actually going to come with this after our discussion. This is great. Who in the what? hell's betting this game? This is Me. awesome. I know. Keegan Thompson is six and zero with a one point nine nine ERA, one point zero WHIP. Yep. Kyle Bradish one and three, six point eight two ERA. Orioles fourteen and fifteen at home. Cubs are twelve and twelve on the road. Mm-hmm. They've lost a couple games to the Cardinals in extra innings. Mm-hmm. Beat the Cardinals six one. Five games set against them. They took two of five, two of three in, in that series, but competitive in all of them. They're hitting, they're scoring. Orioles have Kyle Brandish, who gets hit you know, eight home runs so far this season in 33 innings pitched. That is yep. horrible. Giving up at least a homer game, sometimes two every game. The move, Cubs you tonight. said the move was going to be to the Orioles. The move has been to the Cubs. There's been no move yet. It's minus 120. I don't know where you're looking. It's minus one ten Caesars. or Caesars. twelve. Caesars is minus one twenty. It's minus one fifteen, right now. Oh, sorry, ESPN. It's got Caesars, but so there's still a move. It's not the move to the Orioles. Move to the Cubs. You told me last night it's going to move to the Orioles. Games at what time? The four hours. Okay, four oh five. Yeah, Pacific time. All right, we'll see. 
I'll book it. <sighs> Take this number's wrong. Today. This number is wrong. As, as yesterday's number is wrong. I, I'm, I'm more comfortable minus 120 for the Cubs. Yes. This kid's six and oh. Keegan Thompson's been outstanding. 1.99 ERA. Is this a run line plus? This it is could be. I mean, seven five. If, if you look at this kid's starts so far this year, what the what the Cubs have done in the mm-hmm. games this kid has started. Seven five, five, one, five, four, seven, nothing, seven, five. Last five games. Won five games in a row. Starts and wins. It's given up three, one, one, zero, two, one earned runs. Cubs are in games where he has started. The Cubs are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and three. Straight up in game started by Ke- by Keegan Thompson. Seems very easy. Doesn't seem easy. It's just a bad Oriole team against a better pitcher, and the Cubs are coming around and playing decent ball. Minus one twenty is the right number. I got minus one ten. All right, I'll book this one. All right, and uh, last play pumped up Giants, Colorado run line plus 105 on the Giants. Giants, the Rockies are entering into the same streak last year at about this time. I started fading the Rockies on the road Mm -hmm. for pretty much all of June and all of July. One of the more profitable things, profitable runs I made last year betting Mm. Rockies suck on the road again Hmm. seven and 15 on the road three games at san francisco this year they've been run lines in all of them nice plus 105 i've got herman marquez with a 6.71 era against rondone with a four and four record with a 3.44 era betting it or booking it i could bet this one with you i think this one is okay um and again, I'll do the baseball work after we, we do the show. Um, I'm going to have to jump in this Discord channel then and start <laughs> giving you stuff there after I do the baseball work and we'll see there if we can come up with anything. Um, I, I like this. I got one for you. I'm going to okay. throw it you real quick. Okay. Blue Jays run line today at Kansas City. I mean, it's Alec Manoa. His K prop over today. That's a little bonus play. Um, Casey strikes out. That's again, thanks to, to be how my guy sent me a text first thing this morning. Alec Manoa went to West Virginia. So he's so dialed into his starts. He hit me before the Boy. sun came up here and said, you, Manoa, you like, the, you like the run line. Toronto has been so bad on the run line. Mm-hmm. 24 and 30 mm-hmm. this year on the run line. Kansas city's lost 14 of their last 17 games. Played their way in the last place. Royals worst the record lo- in baseball. Yeah. And then the worst team against the run line. They're 20 and 33. Betting and or booking it. Blue Jays run line. What's the money line price? Uh, current is minus 230, exactly. 250 in some places. Right, yeah, I'll take the money line. I'll take the run line. I mean, you want you yeah. want to lay to two fifty? You can, but no, thank you. I'll the just, problem is, we're yeah. minus one and a half is minus one forty. I'm laying juice on that level. Minus one forty on the road, son. Royals are nine and eighteen on the at home this year. Terrible. God, they God they suck. Eight nothing final yesterday. <laughs> Jays are heating up. A trip to Kansas City is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. All right, I'll bet it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's take the run line. Got a big pitching pitching matchup. 
Mismatch. for the chat. Okay. Brommel yeah. Camp. Brommel Camp says take the first five in the Cubs game. That too. Uh, you can do that too. Yeah, because Thompson only goes five. So that's that's true. They got him on some of a pitch count. So oh really? Yeah, but I'm fine with it because they'll have Brandish will give up four home runs. Four home I'm runs? Kidding, but like he's the dude's a walk-in pinata. I mean, find find the hottest hitter in the Cubs lineup who's hitting bombs right now and bet the home run prop. I think you could take a shot with two. Mm. He's given up one. Maybe you won't. He's given up one every game. Yeah, he's given up a bomb. Like he's Brandis given up giving two up in multiple games. So, and in one game, he got hammered. He gave up three. <laughs> Sorry, you mean Four, they took him out. Look out. He's, huh? he's a gopher ball pitcher for sure. <laughs> Favorite thing about today is what? Um, daughter Kelsey Ooh. leaving for vacation. Had Ooh. to have that discussion last night about, listen, you're going away. So, you know, you slide her some cash and, you and, and, and you know, you guys got to see her come in here on the show. But my favorite thing about today is that I'll be worrying as a dad for seven straight days right now. Yeah. You know, your favorite just, thing about it. It's the growth. It's oh, okay. the growth. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's like, all right, you talked about it yesterday and Madeline learning how to let go, mm-hmm. learning how to be a dad and learning how to have them stand strong on them on their own. I got no, I got no qualms with her going on vacation. She's going to all the places that we've taken her all these years. She can't wait to show her friend Liv and their family, the donut shop where we go every year. They're going to rent rollerblades like we do every year and skate on the beach. They're going to get an electric bike like I did the last time I was there and ride up and down the beach and do all this stuff. She can't wait to share the things that we've done together as a family with this family of of her friend and stuff. So it's a fun, it's my favorite. I can't wait to hear what it looks like down there. She's going to text me, oh, you know, 24th Street on the pier looks this, this different. We went to this place to eat. So it's kind of like I'm going on vacation, but I'm not. Right. I'm paying for it, which is fine. You know, hopefully we hit another bet. You stay hot for a couple more days. And, you know, this hockey extends out. Yeah. We, we can do that. But, yes, that's my favorite thing about today. And then my other two daughters will be here. I have no idea what's in store the rest of the week. But Kelsey's like the entertainment for the family. Oh. She's the one in between, like, you know, the middle child who mm-hmm. can placate the older one, but, you know, be a babysitter for the younger one and make all of us laugh and all this other stuff. So her being gone, the house is going to be a little quiet all week. I can't wait to see what's in store for the rest of the week. <laughs> the favorite thing about today is I'll be sitting here on my phone waiting for the text. We're here. Place is nice. Going to go. dinner. All I ask is check in. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to follow you around. Right. Your mother will do that. I think the mother, I think Jess has a tracer device on her. I'm not sure. But that's my favorite thing about that. Absolutely. Uh, For me, my favorite thing about today actually just is the fact that today is our last reprieve before the heat. Oh, it's coming, baby. Did you see the forecast? Today is, I'm going to try to get a lot done outside today because today is 100. and. When I started looking around going, okay, I've got a bunch of things, I've checklist things I want to do outside to get done before the summertime, and it's here. We will be at 109 on Friday. We will be at 110 on Saturday. we got practice. You're practicing outside on the weekends? we got practice. At 100, in, do you ever cancel because of the heat? 
Wow. Never. In those pants, in those polyester pants at 110? a hundred times we get them, we get them to wear the shorts. Okay. We, we let them wear shorts on practice. Oh boy. Just because it's hot. But, I mean, you got to play in it, you know. Oh, there's, there's a big such... tournament here this weekend. We're not playing in it because we've got a lot of kids out of town. There'll be I kids hated... at that Majestic. Oh, it's the worst. I hated the – now, there's no humidity here, but those fake polyester baseball pants <laughs> when it was humid was the worst in the summer. Oh, God. It was just like you could feel the heat. Like you pull your waistband, you feel the heat just radiating up. It's just absolutely <sighs> – awful yeah it's so my favorite thing about today is that today is the last day that we can sit there per se before summertime has shown up we've been waiting <laughs> we've been wondering and we're talking record heat coming to vegas we haven't had a temperature of 110 this early and if we're dealing with 110 on june 9th and 10th what the hell are we dealing on july 31st i mean hot <sighs> Here comes the meteorologist baking cookies on the dashboard of his car. Like that is the standard Vegas story. You go get the cookies. The you fried egg. Dash, you go ahead right. and see how crack hot. the egg on the sidewalk. All that other shit. Oh my god. So, yeah, today for all of you who often we laugh at you about your weather and your cold and blah blah blah. These we are entering into the tunnel of the next three months where you get to say, "Damn, you guys deal with what." Nine months out of the year, it's great. But today is our last <laughs> chance to get in July, August. All right, guys, make sure you get onto the Discord channel. Betprep.com slash chat is the invitation to come on in to be a part of the brigade. Be on us after the show is over. We wrap the live chat on YouTube here, but transition over to there. I'll be popping in and out during the hockey game tonight. I'll sweat that under if you guys are going to ride it with me. Five and a half. We'll see what the Rangers and Tampa Bay. I do lean Tampa to win the game tonight, but that's $2. I'm not interested. That'll be an in-game bet potentially if Tampa goes down. You may get a better price for that. He is Dave. I'm Matt. We're back tomorrow for a Wednesday's Bostonian versus the book.